Storymakers. Storymakers. I'm Elizabeth Stark. And, and this, this is Storymakers Show. And today on Storymakers, what's up? Well, we're going to kick off 2021 by getting back into a semi-regular podcast schedule. We're back in the saddle again. I don't know about you guys, but we've had kind of a strange year. I don't know about you guys, but we've been a little slammed with Zoom school and uh, pandemics, regime and all change, of, all and a of the stress. emotions that go with it. So, yeah, Happy New Year, Happy friggin' New Year, yeah, and and uh, you know, I don't think it's too late to celebrate that. No. Or to celebrate it over and over and over again. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> That's right. So we are thrilled to be back mm-hmm. uh, with a special guest star, Bandit, here in our studio. Live in our <laughs> Sebastopol studio. <laughs> and we, um, I put out a request in my newsletter for questions. But first, oh, what are you working <laughs> on? <laughs> What am I working on? You know what I'm working on? I am working on submitting my work. It is something I have taught. It is something I have done, but really sporadically. It's something I do not like to do. One of the reasons I started writing novels in my 20s, you know, I was writing a lot of short stories, as one does. And then um, I said, you know, if I if I was writing a novel, I wouldn't have to decide what to write every day. Mm. You don't have to send it out very often, right? So, so it wasn't a passion for the form. I mean, I love novels. The truth is, I love novels. So I do have a passion for the form, but that wasn't why I chose it. It might have been why I should have chosen it, <laughs> but it wasn't why I chose it. No, it was logistics. Mm. Something else I have a passion for. And, and just that thing of like, I don't want to think of a new idea every day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do people write short stories in a day? Well, that, though that is an exercise, I don't think they do. But even every week or month, you know, I just didn't want to keep coming up with ideas. So, and I think, I don't know how long people really work on short stories. One of the things I've been doing in submitting is pulling out old stuff, as you know, and kind of doing a quick edit on it. And uh, anyway, and sending it out. So the first thing I sent out was a tiny love story, and it got published in the New York Times. So that was fortuitous. It's the only thing that's been accepted so far this month. Mm -hmm. Um, But my goal is to send out an average of one thing a day so that by the end of January, I will have submitted 31 things. And they're kind of all kinds of stuff. Like, you know, I've written a few poems in my life, so I'm, like, sending some of them out. And so do you find that over time the, the system, the rejection feelings, are, is it getting easier? By I mean, that's a pretty big volume, to be sending at least one submission well, every the day. The problem is, like, many of them have, like, a six- to eight-month window. So the truth is I have gotten, I think— Four responses total. One was the yes from the New York Times, so that was not hard to handle. And that was a phone call, interestingly enough. And then um, and then I got um, a couple of kind of generic rejections, and I did write back and say thank you so much for your good work mm-hmm. and time. Um, and then I got, like, one that was, like, 
you know, I'm sorry we can't find a place for your work, but this poem of like the five I sent this, they picked one and they said, this is a great poem and you can write us again and send us more work and tell, and tell us we said so, right? Refer and that's a non-standard so rejection. So that was that. So it's like, oh, I got one of those things, which, mm-hmm. you know, does make you like unreasonably happy, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I know when I was an intern a hundred years ago at, at the Paris Review, they said, don't ever send even the B slip. So the A slip is super generic and then the B slip is sort of like you know, we enjoyed your work or something. And they're like, don't even send that unless you really want them to send more because they will send mm-hmm. more. So I feel like, okay, like they don't do that casually. And um, that was nice. Another one was like an, a committed to 24-hour turnaround and maybe even committed to feedback. So he said something nice too. And it was still nice. It was like just nice, mm-hmm. you know. So, th- so that's it. But given that part of the reason you've pursued these larger projects mm-hmm has this exercise of submitting every day or an mm-hmm. average of yeah. once a day for a month kind of changed anything for you with the difficulty, either through the system itself? Mm-hmm. Like- well, right. So, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I came of age in a different era. <laughs> right. And but- so, that, but, and so it's fabulous. I mean, mm-hmm. it's incredibly easy to submit, like possibly like on the editorial side, somewhat terrifyingly easy, right? Like, and in fact, that's why it's sort of funny. Like agents will say, you know, everybody sends them novels on December 1st because they write them in November at NaNoWriMo and then they just send off their first draft, right? So it's like, Mm -hmm. so, um, but it is really, what's, what's hard is not submitting. What's hard is learning the markets and Mm -hmm. then kind of categorizing, what was the word you used for it? Um, curating, curating mm-hmm. my own huge backlog of work and getting and kind of, and then matching the, right. the those things. So that's just a lot of kind of paperwork in a way. I just feel like, you know, we, we actually had a different topic planned for today, but I think this today. is a kind of a deep dive into things lots of people have questions about. It's true. I have, And I sort of, yeah, I feel like I have a lot to say about it. So, <laughs> And you had some fantastic insights. So let's talk about what you're working on, and then we'll bounce back to this and just lay out some of the ideas you came up for systems for me and some of what I've learned. And okay. that will be today's episode. And then we'll go back to questions, and we encourage anybody yes. who wants to to send us questions. And I want to do a quick... Shout out. We have had a couple folks join us in classes who have found us via this very show. And we wanted to say thank you to those members of our community and to um, just say we were really touched. It made a big difference to sit in class and have people say, you know, I I listened to this, I you know, and it mattered. And so part of the reason we were actually able to get the momentum back up to get this forward movement was actually... Yeah, the encouragement yeah. of, oh, there are real people out there listening to us and enjoying this and in on our conversation. And boy, yeah. do we miss real people. Yes. And <laughs> we miss so, you guys. So we want to say thank you to being, uh, for all of you, to, for being a listener to our program. So. Yeah. And if you have questions, like, let's talk. Yes. That'd be awesome. Uh, so with that, um, I am working on so many things because that's what I do. That is your way. Um, I have finally wrapped up some wonderful professional projects that I am grateful to have participated in. And this by this, you mean like your sort of um, corporate slash organizational writing and filmmaking yeah. and stuff that you do for, for the other yes. parts of the world. 
Yes. So so great. I mean, how great to use your talents in that way. Yes. Yeah, no, I feel very lucky. And so anyway, so I've wrapped that up. I'm actually coming to sort of a clear space at this point. So you're not counting your 20 hours a week of volunteer work and your ongoing book and year teaching. And doing some tech work for people I love. Yes. But on my website, which is going to be exciting and the Zoom school and the pandemic still going on. Right. So lots of open space. Lots of open space. Running towards that open field. I'm really, really excited. I'm actually, I think I want to make some more short films, you know, and so um, kind of doing this idea and build off of what you've been doing. Maybe this is like a segue we can look at, but rather than, um, you know, we always talk about that story where the teacher was going to grade their ceramic students on the number of pots or the perfection of a single pot. And of course, the people who had done a larger number of pots did better. And so I think getting back into that Rhythm. The of people who were being graded on the weight, quantity, yeah, the digit, quantity alone, yes, did um, better. Did better on the whole. Yeah, I mean that does tie in because, and you know, I want to. I'm not done with your what you're working on, but I will just say, you know, so if I submit something every day, I'll submit you know 365 things this year, right? Mm. I mean, if if one percent of that goes through, right? Which mm-hmm. would, is that. Would 1% be 3.65, yes. right? But three things getting published in a year is actually a, a lovely... And I think what's... Resume. Well, we'll build on this in a second. But anyway, I'm I'm wanting to continue to build this idea of... Uh, and the reason I actually asked about the short story is, you know, looking at writing scripts, short scripts. Could you write a five-page script in a day? What is, what is that? If you had a whole day, you could. I'm not saying everybody could, and I think it's okay that people write at different paces and have different processes, but if I sent you into, say, the trailer, it used to be the library, but and it will be again one day. <laughs> and Hot Monk occasionally. Yes. Shout out to Hot Monk. Right, and the Taylor Lane, and anyway, yes. but if I sent you off somewhere and you were not going to be with us and you were going to have six focused hours, mm-hmm. then I think you could totally write. And, you know, it wouldn't be the, that would be the end of it, like you wouldn't shoot it the next day, but... Right. But I do think that there's something to the quantity, right? So if I say to myself, I'm going to do X thing, and you'll see a lot of times there are these like content coaches who are like, produce this, this regular pace and do like a video a day. And oftentimes those videos a day are not fantastic. But again, the goal isn't to be fantastic. The goal is to hit that goal of a video a day. I'm having this kind of tangential thought, which is this story where my sister was trying to get together with a friend of hers and they were trying to find a time they could have lunch or whatever. Mm -hmm. It was just so hard with their crazy different schedules. And they decided to like have lunch every week on Friday. And they were able to do that. Like they were Mm -hmm. able to sort of have a routine thing quite kind of sympathetically, whereas whereas to sort of find a time in their schedule. Well, that's so much work. And we'll go look, talk about that piece when we start talking about your system. Okay. But so. I love that story because mm-hmm. I think that's part of it. It's like, okay, you're going to just generate something. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, with that segue, let's talk about your, how you came to that goal. So your goal is? My goal is to submit, um, an, you know, one thing a day basically, but it's kind of an average. So some days I do a few things, some days I don't because there is this kind of, and I've had to be figuring out my system. So I kind of, I went into January knowing this was my goal, although we didn't, our January started on something like the 4th, right? It started mm-hmm. when the kids went back to school. <laughs> so let me just back you up. So when you made this goal, is this goal for a year? 
Or is it for a month? What's the lifespan? Oh, of- it's for the year. Okay. I, I mean, initially at least. It's for the year. <laughs> Until it's not. But no, 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 no. Like it might I might do it again next year. Okay. That's okay. what I mean. But I'm saying <laughs> I'm not gonna quit necessarily, okay. but I'm committing to the year. But I'm also this has come clear to me as January has is winding to a close that I'm by the end of January I have to do thirty one. So it's like I'm not like I don't wanna sort of be running a deficit. Okay, so where are you right now? I believe I have about 25, and today is the 20. We're recording on the 28th, is mm-hmm. that right? I look and I squint at the small. Yeah, it's like, it's something. It's, yeah, this it's today, it's, January 28th. Yeah. So I'm a few behind in mm-hmm. terms of that that overall goal. Um, but like I said, I mean, some of it, sometimes it's easier to, to do a clump. You're kind of, you pick a piece and you're working on, okay, here's Okay. So let's do this almost maybe in reverse order. Okay. So the first piece is you're using Submittable. Is that correct? Well, I'm using Submittable for research, and I guess they then do track certain things. But I am also, like, on on Google Spreadsheets, I'm creating my own tracking. Mm -hmm. Um, So once you have a product and you're submitting things, Mm -hmm. how many – so when you're wanting to do one a day, is there a relationship to the number of things you have to submit and the number of submissions you make? Well, there is because – so, for example, I mean, I have these poems, and in some ways, like, poems – poetry is my least, like – like, I have no identity. It's the least... As a poet. It's the place you're least confident. And also least invested, in a way. Mm, both, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but yes, I guess least confident, but it, but it doesn't even... Like, that sounds like I... Like, I'm trying so hard to be a poet, but I just don't believe in myself. And it's more like... I, I mean, I love poetry, and I, but I don't have a sense of, like, the rules... Or the craft, particularly. I mean, I've taught it, you know, on a sort of an, as an English teacher, but not really much as, as a, writer. a writer. And anyway, so, um, but they're short and I have, you know, whatever, 12 or something that I've dug up. And so, um, and be kind of because I'm not like, oh, I can't send this to this or well, that one's too small or whatever. Like I just, they're easiest. They're the easiest thing to submit. And in some ways, this is just a muscle thing. Like I just have to submit mm-hmm. whether, you know, that's the first thing is like to just be doing the practice. So those are ones that are easy. And then like, yes, I have to find these pieces and then I have to read them and do a quick edit. Okay, I want to actually work backwards. Okay. So I'm, I'm really okay. wanting to focus on the submission okay. process. So I so right now, let's, we'll, and we'll get to how I get there, but like, so let's say I have about a few, a couple kind of essay things. Those are harder. Um, a, a, this bunch of poems and then, you know, bundle of poems and then um, a few stories that are some, mm-hmm. so many of them are excerpts from my Kafka, my as yet unpublished Kafka novel. Uh, which I then kind of like, I had pulled them some years oh. ago as stories. Okay, we're kind of, I'm straying in the wrong place. It's really hard to talk about. So so I have these, we'll, we'll get more to the, more to how I got those. But so I'm so you, looking for markets. Okay, so, but are you using that same set all through the month? Well, I'm starting to need more pieces okay. because, for example, and this is to do for the submission. So like I submitted, I found one piece I liked and I was like, there's a place I kind of want to submit, and I remember even wanting to submit there like, you know, 10 years ago, and they want exclusive submissions still, and almost nobody wants an exclusive mm-hmm. submission still. And I thought, oh, I'll, I'll send it to them. And they actually get back to you like in six weeks, which is phenomenally fast. So when you're submitting, 
and you're looking for places to submit, do you start with the piece or do you look for the place and then find where the so piece So right goes? now I've been doing both and I'm, I think I'll probably get a more fluid system, but right now I don't have the systems in place mm-hmm. as much. So I'm kind of, and I'm kind of like, okay, so I'm looking at a couple things. I'm looking, there's a ranking. This, this person has done a ranking of magazines according to like, so one guy did Will that it, be in the show notes? Yeah, I can put some of these links in the show notes. So, there, so one guy did it for like the best American series, mm-hmm. which ones get the most nominations and prizes right. and whatever. And then this other person took his work and also like the the O Henry and some other stuff, and she created like a, an even more complex, detailed yeah. sort of rating system. So she's like tier one, tier two, tier three. You know, so I'm kind of looking at that on the theory that like. You sort of don't want to say, like, I'm submitting this to the New Yorker and to some, like, tiny three-reader. Okay, but here's the thing I want to back up on on the research piece. Because, again, I grew up in a different era. (laughs) And in that time, the big advice piece was uh, submit to journals you read. So how familiar with these journals or these outlets are you? So, um, well, one of the things I want to say is that... So there's some that I read, but the truth is I, I read a lot of the big ones, right? Like I read the New Yorker and I, um, you know, so I'm more obviously more familiar with some of the bigger ones, but, um, there's, I, it's actually so heartening. Like there are these fabulous, beautiful, wonderful things out there, like, like sites of conversation and literature and, um, and, you know, and so I signed up for a bunch of like their newsletters. So I get these emails Mm -hmm. from them and, um, it's very exciting. Like, it makes me feel encouraged. <laughs> Man, that's creating a bed. So, yeah. So, there, so that, that advice is really good for the literary journals. And you, of course, mm. do want to be a reader and, you, and all right. of that. But it isn't really practical. And it's a little bit like not considering the content creator as a viable, important, professional person to think that you have to kind of be familiar with everything or be a member of the community. No, I think the idea, yeah, I mean, I think the idea was at the time that you would have a better chance placing something if you were familiar with the the work that they publish. And I do try to, like, take a look, and I do try to, but, but, you know... But so I where do you spend so, all so you my time so let me just back up so I'm clear. You have a couple of websites that have created lists that are sort of mm-hmm. higher and lower tiered journals or out other outlets mm-hmm. that result in like the most uh, awards or the most best American short that stories. Kind of thing. So they kind of and also have they, a tendency also to lead circulation too. Okay, like, circulation print, payment. So it actually looks at a bunch of different things. And so the tier one is like big circulation, you know, print. Obviously everyone has an online presence now too, but you know, that they, mm-hmm. they are in print, they pay well, right? So that's tier one. And then, and then it moves down. And so, you know, and it's like tier four is still, you know, great. It's not like don't publish in tier four. What you want to avoid doing is getting an offer from tier tier four and saying yes. And then right then the New Yorker is like, damn, we wanted that. Right. Right. That's what you kind of don't want to have happen. Although, you know, you should, that should be your biggest problem. Okay. So you've done your research, you're using submittable or whatever the journal has told you as the method for submission for that particular journal. Many of them are published. How then did you come up with your, here's what I'm sending out? 
And how many times do you send a particular piece out right. before you're still figuring out some of this? And as you know, I sort of had a like a conversation with you or, or like a nighttime conversation of like, I don't know what all it's like, I need a system. So and you sort of helped me create a system. But I will say like the initial thing is that I had some pieces like years ago, like previous agents assistant was sending out a few pieces. And so I had done some kind of curating and editing of pieces, you know, pieces from the Kafka book and different things. So I had these pieces already. And and even like I found one old, old, old short story, which was sort of funny because it was like these very young girls encountering this like 37-year-old guy. And, and when I reread it, I was sort of like more sympathetic to him than I had ever been, <laughs> you know? Um, but so, so anyway, so I have the, and I have other short stories that are from the years that I haven't even found yet. Right. So I think they're on like a hard drive somewhere that you have. Probably. Okay. So if you were a person, if I were, I'll try to imagine. Okay. okay? I'm but to if imagine. you were a person who didn't have their own archive. Oh, like if you've never created anything. Well, let's say you've created the stuff, but maybe you're not particularly organized or maybe you didn't feel like there was great value so you're starting with maybe one or two okay what would your advice be regarding how many to send out and that sort of thing so one is i think my advice is a little different from what i'm actually doing and and that's partly because when you actually get in there and do it um you know you i'm i'm still figuring it out so I think it makes sense to send it to like 10 places at a time Mm -hmm. because they're just such long waiting periods. And the truth is, I think there's enough really good stuff out there that they're turning away stuff that they even like. Right. And so, you know, it's it's just I mean, even in the best American, like they'll say, like I submitted this to, you know, 60 places before it got picked. So there isn't this like likelihood that like 10 places are going to make you an offer or whatever. So I think um, a pretty broad submission is good. Mm -hmm. I do feel for these editors, like when they actually consider something, they are all sitting around reading and talking about it and putting time into it. And then when it suddenly isn't available, if someone else takes it, I think that's like a real bummer, like for the kind of incredible cultural work that these editors are doing for very little or no money. Right. So I Mm -hmm. think you don't necessarily want to like send it to 30 places and you also if if you're if you're using it to test something you might you know if something's really relatively new and you've edited it you send it out and you get something back i remember we interviewed lee early on in this podcast lee page um you might find that you then edit it again right Mm -hmm. that sending it out kind of gives you some some distance or getting it back and you can edit it so so I think it's going to vary. Like if, if you're kind of not sure about it, you might send it to three places and then give use that as an editorial opportunity. And I, I think more than 10 starts to be like you're just throwing spaghetti, spaghetti at the wall. Okay, right, because how, yeah. So how did you, so you had a, an archive, we're going to call it that. You had an archive backlog. of backlog of content. And so how did you go about what what are your frameworks your criteria your rubrics for deciding what to select to work on mm-hmm. and get it polished up to send out so some of it is what i can find you know mm-hmm. pretending i were a person who was organized <laughs> um so some of it is like those th- there are some things i just don't know where quite where they are yet i thought oh they're in that that wooden 
filing cabinet. And then I remember you gave the wooden filing cabinet to a neighbor. So now they're in like a cardboard box somewhere. So I have to like find that. So that has not happened yet. So it's like the ones that were already kind of had gone out to a few places with this assistant, but he was sending them like one at a time. So, you know, I had like four or five pieces that went out to like two places each Mm -hmm. or something. So those were sort of readily available um, as were some of the poems so okay, so first criteria is that it's available. It's available. I'm sorry to say it's a little like dating, but at the same time, you had the opportunity to look at the work and decide whether or not it was something you wanted to go out with. Because even yes. though you may have submitted it before, it doesn't necessarily mean you'd want to submit it now. Right, and one of the things I was able to do because I have a certain distance on it and not. I'm not overly invested in it at this point is some of them I'm like oh I just need to add like a twist or push something here so that it really feels like it has a shape or it lands so an unexpected upside might be that that literal time distance between the time you wrote it and the time you're dealing with it now actually makes you a better editor it definitely makes me a better editor and I will say that I have habitually not been very interested in the thing I've already completed. And one of the things I've been saying to my students and acknowledging is that one of your jobs as a writer is to be all out, full on public, doing everything you can to support the public appearance of a writer who isn't as good as you which is your previous self. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you like you're a stronger writer, you're producing something new and better. But you have to be back there promoting the thing you did before, even though it's not as good as what you could do now. And that has been so hard for me, mm-hmm. demonstrably. So one of the things I'm not doing is some huge overhaul. I'm not trying to you know, and in fact I'm not and I'm not finding that I actually need or want to. So I'm kind of, I'm achieving some kind of new balance. Okay. And gosh, I'm wondering if there's any, and so basically when we talked about the systems, we're saying like some part of the time needs to be sort of that collecting and curating. And we brought those two pieces together as part of the system. What are the pieces you have? Curating includes finding old stuff. It includes culling stuff out of longer works that could stand on its own. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, and that, so that's like one thing. Then this is you, right? You said, okay, then there's like writing and editing. Right. So let's finish the okay. curating okay. is also like, it's not just calling. This is a piece that I would be happy to go out with right now or right. to spend the time to get it to the place where it can right. go out without it being too crazy. And I will say that like, I have gone from, I'm not that willing to spend time or go out with much of anything to... I'm going to spend time with and go out with like a bunch of stuff. Right. So I've I've changed and opened those floodgates. Okay. So then after curation, you move into your writing, which is current writing, right? So you've made space in your in your work week. You continue to make new stuff well, because obviously I'm, you can't stop making right. well, new things. And what I'm actually doing right now is editing my latest thing. Mm. And I just was listening to Liz Gilbert on a podcast. And she was saying, you know, I put out, she put out that she's writing, like she, and I guess she put it out on social media, like sort of, sort of not going to be showing up as much in the same way as her writing season or whatever. Mm. So the interviewer was asking her about that. And she said, that doesn't actually mean I'm generating pages. And she said, I actually have a process that takes me years before I generate, I'm generating pages. I'm working on a book, but I'm not generating pages. 
And, um, and of course, that's true before for some people and during and not during and after generating pages. And I think that those are it's really hard. And I, I talk to my students about the fact that almost nothing actually counts as writing so that when we're generating actual pages, we feel like we should be done and we should be editing it or we should be planning it better so that it's stronger or we should whatever. And, and then when we're planning, we feel like we should be writing and we're editing. We feel like we should, you know, so it's like really easy to feel like nothing counts. But um, what I'm actually doing is editing right okay. now. Right now. But in the ideal system, mm-hmm. you would have a space for generation. Right. That's, this is true. And exercise. And exercise. But slightly different when it comes to publishing. Yes. Important also, but. Yes. And then the final step then is after you've gone through this and then you're in your curating, one would imagine that a system had a space where new content could kind of filter back into the curation process or filter back into your editing process. And that you would then say, great, I'm going to move this item from our generation stage or our writing, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. air quotes. You can't hear Mm -hmm. that. Can you hear me waving my fingers? Um, Into that submission stage. So it's right now and it's imperfect and uh, In in process. But we have those three kind of basic steps in place. And then submitting. That's what I would just say. Oh, okay. Yes. Great. And I do think we should revisit this like later down the line because I am definitely evolving my system. And one of the great things about saying I have to get something on average out one thing a day is just that I, it forces me to learn the system. And that's like only really mm-hmm. the only thing that counts right now. And that's why it's like whatever I'm sending out, it, it almost doesn't matter. It's that I'm learning how to get it out there. Excellent. Well, with that, it's, it's time for Steal This. Amateur poets borrow. Professional poets steal. What have you come across in your wanderings and readings that you would like to take and make your own? You know, um, I'm going to leap off on this one. I've just, I, I actually had a really nice interaction with a middle school student today who needed some support in multiplication, actually. And one of the things that, as I was working with this student, was clear was that a big part of what was going to make the difference for this kid wasn't like 400 times practicing. It was this notion of like, how many ways can you show this? What are, you know, and then, you know, we started and we ran out of time, but we started getting close to things that were this student's own thinking around how to represent something, right? So rather than my saying, this is how you represent multiplication, really asking the student, what is it that you see when you think about these concepts and working with things that she felt comfortable? I didn't jump to these like crazy multiplication uh, questions. It's like, if you were to work on this, how would you show it? And it was really interesting because we were really able to have move into these bigger numbers by digging into the way she saw it and to think about this idea of how many ways we can represent it. And I think as a writer, we often think, well, the only way we can talk about something is summary, or the only way we can show this information is backstory. And um, I think that, you know, this week I want to take the idea of like how many ways Mm. can I show the information or tell the information or, you know, illustrate or whatever. Um, what are all the tools I have available to me rather than thinking about, well, this is how we do it. Mm. So I love that. Um, well, you know, I will say that, um, 
I, um, I, I listen to a lot of audiobooks, um, partly because so that I can do things like laundry and dishes and still be reading. And, um, and one of the things that's just wonderful is these really talented readers. Mm, right? mm-hmm. and, and we know because our kids listened, we with our kids listened to Stockard Channing reading Beverly Cleary's whole Ramona series. We listened to it over and over again. And I have to say, I just cannot recommend it highly enough. Like, it's just fabulous. It's bizarre how good it it's is. It's so good. Yeah. It's, it's really good uh, for everybody, for the whole family. Yeah. Yeah. So... And her, and she, I feel like she sort of taught me how to read stories. What I so and then I've been reading my book out loud as part of my editing process, and mm. kind of again having he, having the rhythms of, of a story read aloud mm-hmm. in my head really helps me to feel like oh yeah that sounds like a story that sounds that sounds right. Very nice. I like that. All right. Well, this week, we hope you go out and, you know, make Safely. the world a better place. <laughs> With a mask. Or stay in and or make the world a, a better place. Or get a vaccine. Here's, for, here's to the vaccinated. And keep writing. <laughs>